A lot of people ask, you know, part of my success is definitely my drive and my energy, which mm-hmm. I try to help others try to find theirs. Mm-hmm. So many people, as you know, are just like, oh, I'm tired. And to me, I'm just like, you got to find it. You know, mm-hmm. we all got it. You got to find it. And once you do, it'll be uh, uplifting. That's DB. And this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hey guys, I'm your host, Kara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast, where I invite my favorite humans, the awesome, the up to something, and the extraordinary to come and share their story. I hope that you'll be left entertained, inspired, and moved to take action towards living your most powerful life. Today, you guys have the pleasure of meeting the first powerful gentleman we've interviewed for the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Derek D.V. Brown is a personal trainer, fitness expert, business owner, entrepreneur, new dad, and an example of how you can rise from anything life throws at you. On this episode, we talk about what it means to be confident and to go after what you want in life. The great story of how he met his wife, why his mother is the biggest influence in his life, and how being wounded in combat changed his appreciation for what a body can do. All that and so much more coming up, but first... If you're interested in discovering what possibilities and businesses are available for you to create and to live your most fulfilling life, please visit thepowerfulladies.com forward slash coaching and sign up for a free coaching consultation with me. There is no reason to wait another day to not be living your best life when you instead could be running at full speed towards your wildest dreams today. Well, I am very excited today to have DB on the podcast. You are our first um, solo male guest. Everyone else has been part of a power couple. And when Jordan was asking me, like, you know, who are men that you would bring on the podcast, just them by themselves when it's a powerful ladies podcast, I'm like, well, they're all going to be the same rules. They're awesome. They're up to something. They're creating their own life. They're paying it forward. They're inspiring and empowering other people. And... They're all going to be, you know, men that I know, like value women and respect them and also want to make them great. So I met you as a personal trainer. You would come to DC and Quicksilver and you would kick our asses every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yes. Sometimes we would cry. Sometimes we would laugh with you. (laughs) Um, But what I really want to acknowledge you for are two things from that experience. One is I was in the best shape of my life since being a college athlete. So what your system works. <laughs> and um, actually, I guess it's three things. So then um, going to your boot camp, it gave me a network of women at that office yeah. that I didn't know was there. Yeah. And coming from the sports world before, like I went from Puma to working at DC, mm-hmm. I missed that athletic, like people who run everyday environment. Because yeah. I mean, Puma and Adi, they have like huge gyms. Mm-hmm. And everyone works out. And sport is just part of your life. And then to go to a place of action sports where it's a little bit more limiting who can participate, right. I miss that group. So, like, finding a bunch of women who wanted to work out and run and talk and, like, were up to things, I was like, oh, my gosh, thank you. And the third thing, before I let you start talking, <laughs> is I remember so distinctly, like, you sharing stories about some of the other companies you worked at and – the transformations you had seen for people who never thought it was possible. And you were so touched to move sharing that story with us that I like stayed with me forever. Like how committed you are to 
not just giving people access to health and fitness, but changing their lives. And so I want to say thank you for that. <laughs> so how about we begin if you introduce who you are Yes. And what you're up to. Well, thank you for uh, having me. I appreciate that. I didn't know I was the first male. That's exciting. That yeah. just took my exciting level up to like 1,000. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure at all. Uh, yes, to all the listeners, I am DB. Uh, that stands for, a lot of people like to know what that stands for, because I, if I introduce myself and say I'm DB, they're like, what does it stand for? It's uh, Derek Brown. I go by DB. I picked it up uh, back in high school. Um, let's see. I'm from Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been here in California for like 16 years. I now reside in Newport Beach. Um, what else would you like to know? What well, else are we stepping into? Well, you have more than one company. Like you're not just uh, yes. a personal trainer. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as far as uh, my companies, uh, DB Fitness, me being a personal trainer coach would be my first business that I have been involved with. But I also have a promo business as well. Uh, and the promo business is working with... Uh, alcohol brands or water brands, non-alcoholic brands, and we hire out brand ambassadors. And then the third business is going to be like equipment financing. Mm-hmm. So busy guy, but I love what I do and I'm passionate. Uh, I love being an entrepreneur. That's my my biggest drive is uh, you get to uh, you get to gauge your success by how much effort you put into something. So mm-hmm. yeah, three businesses right now that are rocking and rolling, keep me busy every single day, but I, I love to stay busy. I don't like to stay still. So it's a little <laughs> bit about me. We have that in common. Yeah. Um, and you just became a brand new dad. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I am brand new dad. My baby boy, Dalton. Uh, his name is Dalton Scott Brown, um, so he could be a DB one day if he chooses to. Um, he will he is, have a choice? Like, I'm sorry? Will he have a choice? Uh, no, he'll be DB. <laughs> no, be he'll real. be DB too. I was just uh, I was trying to be nice about it, but no, I'll be calling him little baby DB as he's growing up, and then hopefully he'll transition to DB himself uh, and carry on the tradition. Uh, but he's like, yes, he's uh, 36 days old. He's healthy. He's beautiful. Uh, everything more than I could even imagine. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking earlier about how he's already changed uh, my life and my lady's life. And uh, it's uh, it's a joy, even 36 days in. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, following you on social media and you are so good. <laughs> which platform? Well, usually Instagram. <laughs> I think I'm different on each platform. <laughs> I follow you on Instagram yeah. and where you're great at doing videos yeah. and sharing like how hard you work yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and also in that... Um, platform you've been sharing about your uh, relationship and this like this love you have now and this baby you have now and like as being someone who cares about you like seeing that happen I was like yes like you are such a good human and like if you want to just give a little snapshot about like you and your wife and the baby like how did how did all this happen and has it caught you off guard how fast it happened and like how it transpired uh, well, to start off with my lady, uh, I guess, uh, you know, so I guess most uh, the listeners or yourself, you can kind of contest to relationships are hard. Let's just step into it that way. And the dating world is hard and it's challenging uh, slash annoying <laughs> and a lot of work. Uh, I think I was at that point in uh, my life as well. I was I was trying to date and trying to find the one, you know, mm-hmm. when you get to a certain age, you're just kind of like, all right, let me find the one and I want a family. You hit all these, you know, these check boxes that you have in life. And um, 
that's where I was at. And it wasn't that I gave up on, on love, but it was, uh, I try to stay optimistic on when I was looking for a partner in love and a family. Uh, but it's funny, I was actually, uh, I go to sleep usually about 11 at night and I wake up at 4.30. That's usually my routine. And um, so I typically don't go out during the week. Mm-hmm. And this particular day was a Tuesday. Uh, I had a couple of friends kind of persuade me to go out on a tu- Taco Tuesday. Yeah. You know that. So uh, I go out on this Tuesday. We go to a cantina, uh, a La Vida Cantina in Costa Mesa. Great place, by the way. If you haven't been, check it out. It's a triangle <laughs> square. I just plugged you. You're welcome. Um, so I go to this cantina and uh, I'm with friends. I think it was like 630, something like that. 637 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. And we're all at the bar. There's like 10 of us. And... Um, I see this beautiful uh, essence of a woman in a red dress, and uh, we all noticed her. And uh, you know, all my friends are tapping me, and we're like, "Hey, did you see, do you see her?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you can't miss her." Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny how the story kind of goes together. She was actually sitting with a guy. And so what I did is I just kept looking at the body language between them both because they were sitting next to each other, almost like they were together on a date. But I was like, you know what? Some The body language isn't, hey, we're here to get. It wasn't romantic. Yeah. So in my mind, I was like, they could just be friends or it's a really awkward first date. <laughs> Either way, I'm going in. So my friends, <laughs> my friends were all like talking about her like, man, she, she was so beautiful. It's like. Sometimes when a woman's so beautiful, you're intimidated as a man. You're like, if I go up to her, I'm going to fumble my words. I don't know what to say to her. She's going to say, hey, no, fuck off. Get out of my face. She's been hit on so many times. What are you going to say different? Mm-hmm. So the guy was sitting there, and then I remember he got up to go to the bathroom. You're like, I'm in. I'm, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going. And my friends were like, what if he comes back? I said, then he comes back. And then I'll talk to him. And I didn't care. At that point, he got mm-hmm. up, so I went in. I remember I had a drink in my hand. And guys, this is my move. So I don't have game, but I did try this move. I had a glass in my hand. I walked up to our table. I put my glass on the table and I look over and I say, hey, how you doing? That's my game. I don't really have game, right? I just I just talk to somebody and so I say, hey, how you doing? She goes, I'm doing good. I said, awesome. I go, uh, how's your night been? I just did small talk, right? Uh-huh. And then I asked her name. You know, that's my game is this, hello, what's your name? And then I kept going from there. And then our conversation is picked up. And then I remember I asked, I go, the guy you're with uh, is in that bathroom. I go, is that your boyfriend? She says, no. As soon as she said no, I sat down. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Game on. (laughs) But I want to pause for a second and let everyone listening, because we have some, uh, we do have male listeners. Oh, awesome. I love that we have male listeners that will send me like messages, texts or DMs and be like, I'm a private listener. I don't let anyone know, but I listen to all your episodes, which I love. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but- that's all you have to do as a guy. To yeah. Talk to a girl. You yeah. Just be just, a normal human. Just be normal. Don't try to, <laughs> hey, you've been walking through or you're tired walking through my mind. Don't. No. I mean, <laughs> it's so cheesy. I can't. Be, there's. I, I hear it still at bars when I do go out or restaurants. It's in, I'll hear some guy just try a line. It's like, just don't do it. Just say, hey, how mm-hmm. are you? The one that still Introduce sticks out yourself. in my mind is you must be Gillette, baby, because you're the best a man can get. And I went, excuse me? Uh, the douchery level was high. Oh. <laughs> Automatically walk away. Oh. Like, <laughs> the, yeah, 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 put yourself in the friend zone. Just Quickly. Maybe just, the no zone. <laughs> the hell no zone. The hell, zone. hell yeah, yeah. no zone. Don't do it, guys. No, just introduce yourself. Be yourself, even if that's awkward. Let her see who you are. If you're awkward, be awkward. If you're cool, be cool. But just introduce mm-hmm. yourself who as you, who you are. She's gonna see it eventually, anyway. So you know. <laughs> yes, she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, I sat down. 
boom, it took off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to go to go back to that story, the guy did come back, guys, and uh, I, I bought him a drink to make him feel comfortable because, of course, he came back and. I told him I wasn't going anywhere. So I said, hey, I introduced myself. I said, I'm DB. Can I buy you a drink? He said, yeah. And then uh, me and her continued chatting. And um, to speed forward, uh, literally from that day, we have not been away from each other. And when I say that, I, uh, as a gentleman, I uh, that day I asked her, I said, hey, can I take you out to dinner or I can cook for you? Mm-hmm. You choose. I think most ladies will say, hey, I want you to cook. Let's see uh-huh. what this guy's got. So she went with the, you know, hey, yeah, cook for me. So she uh, she came over. I think that that was Tuesday. She came over. I want to say Friday or Saturday of that week. Mm-hmm. Literally, I was trying to see her. You, don't let too much time go between trying to. If you ask a lady out, make sure it's within a, a week's time. That way, she knows you're serious. Um, so yeah, I think she came over that Friday or Saturday. I cooked, and I am a good cook, if I may say so myself. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I knew I had that hands down. I was like, oh, I got this. So I cooked for her, and uh, she hasn't left since. <laughs> Literally, no joke. Uh, Daisy, love her if you hear this. Uh, I am making fun of you. Uh, she hasn't left since. I made dinner for her, and um, she literally had just moved into, uh, I think, a place with her sister mm-hmm. two weeks, a week or two weeks prior. She hadn't slept there yet. She came over to dinner with me, and when I say she hasn't left yet, she literally uh, left and like the next day got clothes and toothbrush. Came back over because she wanted to see. I wanted to see her. She wanted to see me. And uh, shoot, almost two years later now, she hasn't left. And we've been together ever since. And now we had a baby. So romantic. I so romantic. Yes, yes, it can't happen. Fairy tales are out there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but you also happen. check on all the things that, like that that movie, like um, he's just thought that into you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's true, everyone. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Yeah. Like there was no doubt that you were into her. Yeah, yeah. You walked up to her. You said, I'm not leaving. Oh, yeah. Come to dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there just wasn't any of that nonsense. Yeah, like, the games. No there, games. Yeah, yeah, there's games, yes. Who was the guy that she was with? <laughs> <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> it was her guy friend. That is a good question. Oh, okay. Patrick, her guy friend. Shouts out to Patrick. Good guy. He let me uh, crash the, the the friend date, whatever was going on. The hangout. And mm-hmm. hang out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So shouts out to him. We all hung out that day the whole rest of the night. Uh, you know, I was by her side and have been since. So, yeah, yeah, yep. And that's a safe place for a woman to meet a guy, too. When you have a guy friend with yeah, you, you yep, feel protected. You yep, feel it's okay. You've yeah, got, yeah. if this guy's crazy and boring, you've got some backup. Right. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like even better than meeting a guy with a bunch of girlfriends because it's just different. It's a different yeah. level. And plus, yeah. you're already getting vetted right away. Yes, this is true. Mm-hmm. This is true. Yes, yes. Or, you know, it's different than doing a social media dating, too. I've tried that. The Bumbles and the other yeah. jazzes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, mean, I met Jesse on Tinder. Six years ago. Nothing so. wrong with that. I, I mean, hey, so I've tried. I've done it all. Uh, what are those? Like e-harmonies out there. I've done yeah. the matches. I've done them all trying to find, you know, the person. You know, you got to do what yeah. you got to do. <laughs> well, and I think, too, for someone like yourself who is very driven and ambitious mm. and when you want something, like, you just make it happen. Like, oh, there's absolutely. nothing between you and what you want. No, absolutely not. And I think it can be really hard in the dating space. Like, I have scared people away. Because I'm very direct and, yes, and focused, right? <laughs> yes, you are. And so like, we're, we're texting, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and they're like, we can keep texting forever. I'm like, hell no. I'm yeah. like, do you want to meet this week? We can go get yeah. a drink. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to meet you and know in three seconds if in or out. Yeah. And they'd be like, whoa, 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 calm down. I'm like, I don't have time for all this texting. What are you doing? Yeah, like, yeah. what world do you live in? We were like, we can just text for a while. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. And waste each other's time for a while. Right. <laughs> right. And like be chicken shits, essentially. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you're hiding behind your phone. Yeah. Nope. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's great, though. It weeds people out. 
Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, how is your relationship? It's good. We just celebrated six years. Look at that. Bingo, bingo. Yeah. And so we went to Vegas and we went and saw Mariah Carey. Okay. Which was technically on his bucket list, not mine. Oh, goodness. All right. Uh-huh. Hey, hey I'm, I'm, I'm a Mariah. You said Mariah Carey, yes? Yes. Yeah, I'm a Mariah Carey fan. I've been following her Dream since. Dream lover? Yeah, kidding me? Yeah. She, uh-huh. Her voice is amazing. Yes. Uh, her personal choices are her personal choices, but her yes. voice is great. Her voice is great. <laughs> and she looks amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah. to to see uh, the Shakira and J Lo Super Bowl halftime. Yeah, those two were my goodness gracious. Oh my goodness, man! That that was probably the best halftime show I've. I mean, yes. I think we anybody who saw it agrees. I mean, the show was a show. I mean, they put on a show. It yep. was a mini concert. They performed two powerful Latin women or just women in general, which mm-hmm. I love seeing and uh, supporting each other. That was big because yeah. they don't have to support each other. They could easily be like, I don't want to share the stage with her, but yeah. they share the stage with each other and. Uh, it it it, uh, it had a very loud, strong message for everyone, especially probably you know the the female followers that they have or now have to, or acquired after seeing that. Even even like everybody, like mm-hmm. what I got out of that halftime show was, holy shit! Whatever they're doing, they're doing right. I need some of that in my life. Yeah, like I, I honestly huge marketing opportunity for you right now. <laughs> You want to look like Shakira and J-Lo? Call me. <laughs> like, that's all you got to say. Because, like, when you do that research, yeah. it's like, what's their lifestyle? Yeah. They work out every day. Yeah, absolutely. They have multiple personal trainers. Yes, they do. Yes. They don't drink alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're yeah. eating super yeah. clean yeah. among everything it's else. It's obtainable. I think some people, uh, you know, because I had a lot of uh, clients, customers, or whatever you want to say, hey, can I get in J-Lo shape? It's possible. You know, they, I think uh, a lot of people think with celebrities, they have these means that are unfeasible to them. But it, it is possible. Uh, you know, yes, the jail will probably have a trainer six, seven days a week. She, yes, she probably does. She has that the liquid or the assets, the, the money to afford that. So she probably mm-hmm. does. Um, so it's not that you have to have a trainer six or seven days a week, but it's the discipline and consistency. So you have that. That's within you. That's your mm-hmm. mindset. And then the food, you make your own food choices. She's mm-hmm. making her own food choices. She's making her own choices with alcohol and her lifestyle. You can do the same. Yeah. So my answer to somebody when they say, hey, can you give me a JLo body? I say my, my rebuttal to that is can you get yourself that? I can uh-huh. give you the direction. You gotta you have to follow it. That's yeah. what it comes down to. And as a personal trainer, is that the most frustrating thing you deal with? Like knowing people are there and you're like, come on, meet me halfway. Yeah, no, that's funny you even asked that. It is frustrating. Um, because oftentimes uh, you know, you have somebody when when you meet them, they have a goal for themselves. They seem very excited when they sit in front of you, they commit to it financially mm-hmm. and with their time. But then sometimes it gets to a point where you want it more than they want for themselves. And that's Mm -hmm. frustrating. Mm -hmm. Uh, When you want to see them do well, you want to see them grow, become a better version of themselves. But then you're you're fighting them every single day on it. Like, you know, you're fighting them with their nutrition. You're fighting them like, hey, did you do your cardio? And they're like, no. And and you're literally fighting this grown adult Mm -hmm. on trying to better themselves. And that's frustrating because, you know, ultimately, you know, it's already hard. Um, staying in shape or mm-hmm. getting in shape and getting that mindset to to get involved with it. So that is challenging, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's challenging for myself and the clients that I work with. <laughs> yeah. And we're not trying to change them physically or like from a confidence perspective, maybe a little bit on the confidence part. But I mean, I want to give myself credit right now because- Okay, go ahead. 
Well, this is what I'm going to do. So <laughs> I want to pat myself on the back real quick. Yeah. All right. Go. I'm proud of myself for being in the worst shape I've ever been in <laughs> okay. and still being like, I'm going to invite my ex personal <laughs> trainer on this show. That, you know, you know, I was going to ask. I was, I know I, you I was going to ask, Hey, how are we do it on our fitness? Yeah. Are you consistent? You knew that was coming up. I knew it was. Yes. I knew. Yes. I know. And you I are can... sitting in front of your ex trainer. Yes. yes. You are. Like <laughs> when we bumped into each other at the um, car wash, I yeah. was like, yeah, okay, yeah, deep breath. He's going to ask you a lot of questions. You're not going to want to answer oh, right now. Oh, no. I, yeah. I try not to do that to people, uh, especially when fi- when somebody finds out my, one of my professions, right? They yeah. go, hey, what do you do? I go, I own gyms and I'm a coach and a trainer. You're like, Damn, Most people's okay. faces, it's, it's like one of those things like, you know, when you meet somebody and they tell you what you do and they're like, oh, they're either going to light up and all of a yeah. sudden they're going to kill you with 30 questions. Just trust me, I get a lot where I'm like out somewhere socially just trying to enjoy myself. And then somebody all of a sudden is like, they feel like they're at a fitness consultation. And they're like, hey, can I ask you this? You're like, I'm just here socially. But I try not to judge somebody yeah. or even do that. Yeah. You know, even though I've been doing it 16 years. So it's second nature when I do meet somebody that my brain is kind of, it kind of goes there. If that yes. makes sense. I'm like, okay, is this person working out? Are they healthy? What are they doing? You know, yeah. like if I see a smoker. Oh. If I see a smoker and if you're still smoking, you shouldn't be. Um, but there are still smokers out there. Uh, I think the first thing I, when I see a smoker, whether I interact with them or not, I just, I want them to stop. Like, cause I'm yes. so into health and it's like the damaging effects that somebody's doing that they're still smoking. I just want to like take it out of their hand yeah. and tell them like, that's how much that I still do when I see somebody doing something that they could prevent, you know, some type of health scare or, you know, health risk. Yeah. yeah. Mm. No, and I totally understand because yeah. whenever somebody tells me they have a business, I ins- I can't help it. In the, my head, I'm like, ooh, are you doing this? Are you doing that? Are you not doing that? Like, yeah. it's, it's the way that we help people, but it's also the way that we have to remember like, okay, I can't coach everyone all the time. I'm yeah. going to sit on this. Um, but I'm also teasing you as well because I know <laughs> you're never coming at at it from a place of being mean. No. Like you really, like you're going to ask me what I'm doing because yeah. you care and you want to make sure that I'm not slacking off on myself. Yeah. Well, don't don't get it wrong. I am uh, <laughs> I am uh, harsh, so to speak. Uh, my training and technique of training has always been probably scrutinized by some uh, mm-hmm. and I'm aware of that, but I have always stayed the course. Uh, as you know, I'm ex-military. Um, uh, so yes, there is certain parts of my quality of coaching and training that is uh, some people will consider uh, militant. Yes, that's, there you go. <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. Yes, militant. Yeah, sometimes I I, I do. I, sometimes I actually purposely try to get under somebody underneath somebody's skin because mm-hmm. I want to see I want to see the base what you're made of and yeah. I want to see where you're at mentally and what mm-hmm. I. It's almost like what you just said on trying to co- – I try to coach almost every, all my clients I'm going to coach because mm-hmm. the first thing I need to happen with you in order for you to to get into the base shape of your life, yeah, you have to become mentally stronger. Yes. It's the mental toughness first and then the mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Once you get that, everything else is going to fall into place, right? So I need to find out somebody's mental toughness, so to speak, right? Yeah. So if they're not mentally in a good place, there's a reason why their health is suffering because their mindset and their, their mental health isn't there. So I want them to become mentally stronger. Yeah. And I know once that happens, boom, it's going to open the doors for everything else. Something that I know has that happens to me often working out, if I'm really pushing it, mm. whether I'm on a run or I'm lifting something that's really heavy, or I'm doing an intense like hit type of workout, yeah. or even getting like deep tissue massage. There are moments in based on where I'm at in that moment in my life where 
I'm almost nervous to do the workout or do the thing because I know it's going to cause a breakdown for a breakthrough. Like all the, all the, uh, like the dam I've built to like get through where I'm at right now, like crazy workload or intense deadline. Yeah. I'm almost nervous to go do the workout because I know the only way for me to perform at the workout is to give it my all. And if I give it my all, that means I have to let go of all the emotions that I've been holding back. Yeah. No, this is true. Like I have broken down crying, like doing- Nothing wrong with that. Thank you. No, I've probably seen all my clients cry, I think. Yeah. Well, hold on. First of all, I don't want to say I didn't make them cry, but crying is a part of, yes, crying comes with the territory. Uh, I think a client asked me the other day because she had just cried. Um, She goes, do most people cry in here? And I go, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of what you're saying. You're When you work out, and particularly probably with me, I am going to, you know, you, you get broken down, you know, you got so many other things going into life and then somebody's pushing you to this level that, you know, you're like, yeah, I'll go work out. And then all of a sudden that workout becomes something more than what you thought it was going to be, whether it being more intense or just harder or whatever. Mm -hmm. So yes, but crying is not a bad thing. I think we probably put a bad perception on crying. Sometimes crying is needed to kind of release an emotion that your body's kind of holding on to that you should release. Yeah. I'm a big fan of crying, by the way. (laughs) Cry. Cry more. Guys cry more. Ladies cry more. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, that's cool that you cry sometimes and break down. Yeah, I don't like it. I think we do. We, do you guys cry when you're driving? I think that's is that a thing, right? You ever they say people while you're you cry more in the car driving. Yes, cry. Yes, yes. You never cried while you're driving. I have, but it's always been tied to something really specific, like dropping my parents off at the airport, mm. or <clears throat> like because sometimes the the car is like a safe place where yes well that's why i think people you. cry in the car yeah. like if i'm going to be so mad and yeah, if i yeah. just walk out of this meeting right yeah, now yeah. and get in my car then i can cry <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah. i can't cry in front yeah, yeah. of you well you so. do a lot of thinking in your car too you know you know yeah. i think the car is one of the places like you said is safe so you do a lot of your own uh self therapy in the car mm-hmm. i mean i was doing it on the way up here you know, which is kind of scary because I remember half the time driving here and then other times. <laughs> yeah. The car kind of drove itself on the way from Orange County to L.A. today. But, yeah, I do a mm-hmm. lot of thinking in the car. A lot. Yes. I get a lot of things done in the car. I love it. Mm. No, I mean, it's, sometimes I have a little notebook and pen because, okay, like. Okay, that's dangerous. I know. Like, you're out of red light. <laughs> but I, I really need. Do not need, take that advice. No, don't take that <laughs> advice. Pen and paper. Um, wow. But, like, audio, like, uh, texting yourself an idea. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh, that's what it should be called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I need uh, a built-in, like, personal assistant Siri in, in the car more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can yeah. take notes. Yeah. Well, I'm that, sure there's yeah. some kind of technology out there that does that nowadays. We got um, everything. Please, anyone who's listening that, that knows, <laughs> let us know. Please let us know. <laughs> I'm sure you'll get some feedback on that one. Mm-hmm. Well, I would love to move into um, the powerful women who are in your life oh, and yeah. how they've shaped you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, the first on the top of that list is going to be my mother. Uh-huh. Oh, hands down. Uh, shout out to my mother. Uh, her name is Donna. Hi, mom. Um, yeah, my mother. Is she also a DB? I'm sorry. sorry. Is she also a DB? She's also a DB. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, here we go. Let's tap into that. Uh, my family has a thing with Ds. So my grandmother, my great-grandmother, my aunts, my little nieces, my sister, myself, my son, my wife, uh, no. <clears throat> we're all DBs. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't break that tradition. Yeah, all of us have the first letter is D. I know that sounds weird. It still happens, folks. We're out there strong. Yeah, so it's a tradition that uh, it's one of those things probably that was probably at one point thought about to be funny, mm-hmm. uh, but we we carried it on strong. So I have uh, I have seven little nieces, two nephews, all Ds. 
Uh, yeah, my cousins are D's. It just, uh, the bloodline of D's is thick. We almost ran out of names, but uh, my son's got a cool name, Dalton. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, my mom is on the top of that list. Uh, wow, where do we want to go into that? Um, she's my mentor, my rock, my motivation, um, my inspiration. Um, she's done so many things for me um, growing up. And um, just to kind of tap into that, I was raised by a single mother, which is my mother. My father wasn't really in the picture after the age of like eight or nine. Mm-hmm. So definitely raised by my mother. My values come from my, my work ethic comes from my mother. My passion is from her and uh, um, importance of uh, kindness. I try as best for my mother and value of education, all these things, family, all these things come from her. Mm -hmm. Um, I watched her do incredible things growing up um, selfishly and just uh, her drive. You know, she was a single mom. So when you're a single mom, oftentimes you got to work more than one job. Um, cause a lot of times people ask me, cause I'll do a 14, 15 hour day. I do those in my sleep mm-hmm. and people are like, wow. Even my, even my, my lady, my wife, Daisy, she watches me and I do it. I, I do it effortlessly because I saw somebody do it effortlessly. So to me, it's not a big deal. It's normal. No, no. If you love what you do also, it's, uh, it's not even really, it's one of those cliche thing. It's not even work, right? It's like, I, I do, I love what all my businesses so much that it's not even work. So I can do those you know, those 13, 14, 15 hour days easily. Mm-hmm. And usually the only reason I stop is because I need to spend time with my family. I need to eat, shower, all those things. Um, but all those those attributes come from my mother. She really did a great job on setting the, the example and just uh, leading by example and just setting the tone uh, for so many things. And I'm proud of her to this day of being able to raise a a boy to a man, you know, because a lot of people are like, well, a woman can't raise a a man to a a boy or Mm -hmm. a boy to a man. Mm -hmm. But I beg to differ because you're looking at one. Mm -hmm. And if I may pat myself on the back since we're doing that on this podcast, (laughs) I am successful. Kudos to mom. Yeah, so that's uh, the my mom, man. Uh, I can't. I can go. I could do this whole podcast talking on her. Um, um, what yeah, do you, she's sorry. No, go ahead. What do you think it was about either her support system or her approach or her yeah. commitment? Where you know she was in a situation that many women are in as a yeah. single mother. Yeah, and like you talked about, there are people who become a statistic, and there are people yeah. who. Break through that. Break like through it, yeah. So what, what was it from her that she was like, no, we are not only breaking through this, we are like yeah. on the accelerator yeah, path. you got good questions. These are great. You're uh, Yeah, no, those are awesome. They're uh, breakthrough questions. Uh, great question. Uh, and yeah, the, the statistics on, especially if, well, hell, we could talk about anything, a young black male where I'm from, Cincinnati, Ohio, most of my friends, and I'm going to go 60%. Dead in jail or, you know, uh, a closed-in job at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is reality. That was my reality growing up. And I was probably more susceptible to uh, probably failing than succeeding if it wasn't for my mother. Because on that question you asked, she refused to let that happen. And I was not the ideal child growing up. Um, I was the kid who detention, Saturday schools, uh, suspended from school, expelled from school, Anything you can imagine, like the the trouble you can give to a parent, that was that was me. Unfortunately, just because I think um, not having a dad in the house and being in an environment where certain things were happening around me that I didn't have probably the 
the best uh, friends around me or in a, that were positive. Um, so it was super important that she was hard on me, mm-hmm. like with discipline, but I, over the top, she was just kind of... She was she didn't micro, yeah. But it was more like that that mother's love where she was aware of what I was doing, mm-hmm. and um, she always had my back though. Like even yeah. when I was wrong, I was right in her eyes. She went to bat for me when times I was definitely wrong, did something wrong, did something illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, she was there for me, supported me. And always try to get me back on track, you know? Yeah. So she did a lot of things like, you know, getting me involved with sports, mm-hmm. keeping me busy, supporting me like that. Um, so did I veer out the question, by the way? I just rambled. I feel no, like you I did rambled. great. Right, but cool. I think also to give yourself some credit, right? Because I think that when we look at what causes even just kids to go into a space where they're causing trouble versus yeah. causing good, mm. For people who are born with the energy that you have and the curiosity that you have and like mm. like who you occur to me as, I imagine you were kind of like this when you were younger. Yeah. So to have someone who has all this energy and this yeah. momentum and it needs to be put someplace. So what I hear mm. is she was like, he's not a bad kid. He's maybe bored. He's maybe getting distracted. He's yeah. maybe not being like entertained where he's at. Like he needs to be busy all the time. Yeah. For my sanity, for his sanity. No, yeah. For- <laughs> you, you nailed it on the head. I just talked to my mother. Uh, what's today? Today's Sunday or Saturday? Sunday. Saturday. Sunday. Thank you very much. Uh, Friday. I talked to her on Friday. And when I when I called her, I was actually running. And she goes, what are you doing? Now, you know, when you're running, breathing hard. Yeah. And I go, I'm running. She goes, man, oh, man. She goes, she go, my mom calls me Scott. My middle name is Scott. Uh, she goes, Scott, you never stop. And I go, I don't know what that's like. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't like to stop. I am always on what you just said. My energy is, and I take advantage of it. And it's a huge part of my success. I don't stop. So she's, she, I remember she goes, she, she's, you've always been like that. She mm-hmm. was like, you're like that as a little boy. You were like that growing up. And like I said, it's a part of my success and my drive is that, yes, I am always going. And my energy is as you see it is. Yeah. 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 But as I, <clears throat> a lot of people ask, you know, part of my success, as I keep telling you, it's my it's definitely my drive and my energy, which mm-hmm. I try to help others try to find theirs, you know? Mm-hmm. So many people, as you know, are just like, oh, I'm tired. or Oh, I don't want to do it. And to me, I'm just like, you got to find it, you know? Mm-hmm. We all got it. You got to find it. And once you do, it'll it'll be uh, uplifting once you find some. So you, gotta, you just got to find that motivation. Everybody's got it. I think some people struggle on finding their motivation because they're maybe doing something they are not passionate about or don't like. So yeah. that's kind of hard to stay energetic when you're doing something you do not like to do. 100%. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that there's the distinction of interested versus committed. Mm-hmm. And that's where the change happens. And I'm sure you see this with the, your clients that are success stories all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're interested in being healthy or losing weight or yeah. this new job, but are you really committed to it? Yeah. And then something I work with so many people on is finding what that thing is that you want, like from mm. a business perspective or a career perspective, because so many people are settling for all sorts of other things that isn't off the charts. Awesome. Yeah. And I don't get it. Yeah. Are you talking about life or just work or everything? Both. Yeah. 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 Like, like, um, you know, someone was asking me like, where do where do I rank myself? And I'm like, I'd yeah. say like an eight right now because I'm not yourself, operating. You're calling yourself an eight. Yeah, I'm not okay. working. Um, when I look at all the areas of life, there are some that I have abandoned, mm. like working out this past month, um, for Get something else. I know tomorrow starts like a <laughs> whole new revolution. How just many times like, have you said that? 
tomorrow starts? Oh. I'll start tomorrow. No. I actually yell at people about that usually. So 100%, you are right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I know that I'm not operating at my best in all the pockets. Mm. And so to me, that just means there's a missing structure in place mm-hmm. to get them all aligned. Mm. And it's going to it's gonna ebb and flow at some capacity. Yeah. But it's like, what are my priorities? Like, it's how I'm living my life. The game I'm playing yeah. and the results I'm getting are, they're aligned. There's no way for them to not be aligned. So if people who are playing the game of this is good enough, you're going to have this is good enough. Good enough life, yeah. Yeah. Well, first, what you said, you called yourself an eight. I'm Mm going to say call yourself a 10. Anybody listening? Because if you call yourself a 10, you'll start believing you're a 10. You'll perform like a 10. You will be a 10. Mm -hmm. So let's say that you're a 10 that's looking for a better version of yourself as a 10. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a 10. Because me, I mean, if you ask me, I'm a 10 plus or 10.5, 10.9, you know? Um. Yeah, I think I think with mindset, uh, and I always fall back on that. I like that you said where you kind of scale yourself on an eight to ten. Always think of yourself as the highest because uh, that'll go a long way. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, a lot of people play a lot of mind games with themselves and kind of break themselves down. Yeah. Instead of building it up, you know, I get it. You know, they <clears throat> they're doubtful of themselves. They think they didn't do a good job, or you know, they whatever it is. You know, they're like, oh, I'm not doing this enough. I'm not be happy with who you are, but always look for a better version of yourself, but mm-hmm. st- stay, start with being okay with yourself. Yeah. That's the first thing as I always tell somebody, be okay with who you are because that's who you are. So, and then, and just look for a better version of yourself and you're going to win, you know? Do you remember the moment when you accepted yourself being awesome? Since the day I was born. Yeah. Yeah. I did, and I hope that doesn't sound whatever that no. sounds. I don't remember a point in time, a uh, point in time where I didn't believe in myself and know that I was awesome. Yeah. No, I I truly believe in that, and yep. yeah, that is my answer to that. Since beginning of even remembering, I just remember my self confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny you ask that. My my lady Daisy will will probably say. My ego needs a checking every now and then, <laughs> but it's one of those things. Like, okay, is that is that cockiness or ego? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's ego and confidence. Um, and I would definitely say, tapping back to my mom, she definitely fed my ego and my confidence. You know, she, mm-hmm. you know, rightfully she probably would call me a king in her own way, and I, you know, I'll probably do the same with my child. I will raise him with uh, to brush his ego and his confidence and. To have the king mentality or the queen mentality, because my lady, I consider a queen because she is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think a, a healthy ego uh, is appropriate mm-hmm. in, in the aspect. So yeah, I would I would think that I've always had confidence in myself. I think that's where it starts. When you have confidence in yourself, then it's kind of easy to to do everything that you kind of set your mind to. Mm-hmm. Mm. How do you think you balance the gratitude for what you have? And where you've gotten um, versus like it being 100% self-initiated or do you? Repeat that question. Sure. So like I think a lot of ways to check ego mm. is to is coming from a place of gratitude and appreciation uh, for what yeah. you have. Yeah. So what does that balance look like for you? And, and when do those moments show up or are you mostly like, I did this, it's all mine? Well, shit, both. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this shit is mine. I did this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Sheesh. I think... I think a huge part of my motivation is where I come from. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, yeah, we didn't have a lot. Um, 
I think one of the, if somebody was to ask, hey, how was your childhood? My childhood was great. I, I never went without. I think in my childhood, I definitely saw, we saw hard times. You mm-hmm. know, I remember there was a point in time that me and my sister, my siblings and my mom were in a one bedroom apartment. And um, I remember we were in a one bedroom apartment in the living room. <clears throat> we transitioned, it to, we we made it a, another bedroom. So um, we, I slept on the mattress, no box frame, just the mattress in the living room. My sister and my mom slept in the actual bedroom on a mattress, no box spring. And um, I remember, uh, so my bed was, like I said, in the living room. And right next to my bed um, was a TV. It was a box TV. I'm dating myself right now. <laughs> a box TV. I don't even know if some of you listeners even know what a box TV is, but uh, it's an old school TV. The space was so tight and so limited. We put a microwave on top of that TV. We had box in there. It, it was this, <clears throat> and it was an apartment that it was actually underground, if that makes sense. So it was like, you know how there's a first level and then like that New York style where basement there's apartment. basement apartment, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have that a lot in California. I think it's against the Lars or They don't have basements. Safe. They don't have basements. Yeah. There you go. I'm from the Midwest. <laughs> we have basements. Um, so it was, uh, it, it, it was... It was hard. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a lot. And that drives me to this day. And it's funny on that note, the box TV we did have, it didn't work. We used it almost as a... Um, table. I'm sorry? A table. A table. Yes. Thank you. Uh, uh-huh. We used it as a table. It actually didn't work. So then eventually when my mom got enough money, we put a, a that TV on top of the other one because we were... Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. We kept that one and used it yeah. as a table for another TV. Yeah. And I remember that TV... Even though it was, it wasn't brand new. It had the rotary knob. You never the mm-hmm. one you had to click, click, click. Yeah. Well, the knob was broken, so we had to use pliers to turn the volume in the channel, right? Mm-hmm. And it's funny leading to the story of success. I now have twenty TVs in my house, twenty, twenty flat screen TVs. And I tell somebody that, and they go, "Why do you have so many TVs in your house?" Mm-hmm. I tie it back into that story. Because I remember growing up, I was like, one day I'm going to have as many TVs in my house as I want. To this day, I have 20 TVs in my house. And a lot of people think it's ridiculous. But to me, it was something I was, you have a goal that you strive for in your head. And I told myself one day, I'm going to have as many TVs as I want. So I put mm-hmm. them everywhere now. Mm-hmm. Bathroom, walk-in closet, outside, in my gym in my house. I have them everywhere, right? Just because at one point in time in my life, we 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 had one TV that barely worked. It was black mm-hmm. and white. And it, was, it just sucked. Because my friends had color TV, that nice ones. I'd go over to their house. And it was like... They got video games playing on this big TV. I'm just like, wow, this is crazy. So it's like my my upbringing is motivation for mm-hmm. me. And and I try to stay humble from where I come from. Yeah. It's my driving catalyst to make sure I never get back there and that I stay focused and I do whatever I have to do to make sure I never get back to that place. Even though, like I said, my mom did a great job. She worked two jobs. We never went without. We had you know, toys, bikes, all that good stuff. And eventually we did get out of that one bedroom apartment. I don't I don't want you guys thinking we stayed there forever. It was just a point in time where we had to, uh, because that's where her income level was at. But eventually she got us out of that. Um, but yeah, uh, my past is definitely a big motivator for me and pushes mm-hmm. and drives me to make sure that I continue to strive for, uh, for greatness and being a better version of myself. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, you mentioned that you got into sports. Oh, uh, yeah. What sports were you playing uh, T-ball. Up? I started off in T-ball. Uh, me too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I started off in T-ball. Um, my mom kept me involved with sports. 
and I pat myself on a, my on the back again. I am super athletic. There's probably not any. I, I, I don't think there's a sport that I've tried that I'm typically not good at, mm-hmm. which is a gift I know. Um, but I started off at t-ball and I excelled in it, and I went all the way um, all the way collegiate with uh, baseball. Uh, but I played other sports: basketball, um, basketball, baseball, football, track, uh, karate, mixed martial arts, tennis everything mm-hmm. that I, anything that was active, I was about it. You know, I just excelled at other sports more than others. Um, but sports is being sports and being active is, uh, something I've been doing since a very young age. It's kind of all I know, you know, mm-hmm. and I'll do that for my child as well. I think that's important to get your children involved early for that's their mindset. And that's all they know. Yeah. You know, you're kind of promoting health and activity in the beginning. That way, when they become a young adult, second nature. Yeah. Mm. I remember one of the biggest um, changes for me to handle was going from playing sports like four hours a day Mm. to not. I was like, (laughs) one, what do I do? Like suddenly I had no homework and no guaranteed sports commitments. Like when I started working as a professional, I'm like, wait a second. I have all these hours I've never had before. And I was so thankful that I was in Boston where they do such a great job of adult activities mm-hmm. like people are running all the time yeah. you can you I played softball ultimate frisbee soccer like yeah. there's field hockey I kept playing there was like a we'd meet up every Sunday and play oh, super cool. competitively and um because that's what I played in college and then nice. I'm so thankful that was there yeah and then I miss that like I miss my I don't think my body knows what to do for not like if I even work out for an hour, my body's like, "That's cute." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and I'm like, I don't have more time. Like, right. what, what? Yeah, what? yeah. I don't want to be up until like 1 a.m. because that's the only time I can find my three hours. But mm. it was a shock of, oh my gosh, like, what do you mean I don't get to play yeah, for yeah, three yeah. hours? Because back then it was always fun. Like, yeah, that's what I miss about it. Well, adulting sucks sometimes, right? It does. Well, that's like when I had a, <clears throat> a corporate job. Yeah. I was like, this job gets in the way of my life. Oh, it's corporate. Yeah. yeah to, no, 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 no squabbles or bad things to say about corporate America, but it is corporate America. And there's, I don't know. I'm not a fan of corporate America, but uh, I do support corporate America because a lot of my friends, clients, customers are in corporate America. But it's the hamster wheel effect, and mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it's not the healthiest of things, corporate America. So I don't know. You just got to kind of find your balance with corporate America. It's true. But there's a lot of things that it's, that corporate America could be doing better for its oh, people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. From yeah, sitting yeah. down all day to yeah. are you offering Well, services? I mean, well, the thing that's op- uh, awesome is that, um, as you know, I've been uh, the corporate trainer for a lot of big corporations, you know, mm-hmm. all the way from Quicksilver, D.C., Oakley, um, uh um, sheesh, what other ones? A lot of them. I'm You're forgetting them. Volcom, yeah. all types of Speedo. Um, most of those organizations are promoting health and fitness or mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been there or be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think some of them are trying, which is good. Um, but um, yeah, I think there, there's certain things that probably need to be worked on in corporate America, like you said, sitting and just promoting more health. Mm-hmm. I think uh, once they once they realize that, which I think some have, the healthier somebody is physically, the more productive they can be doing their job, you know? Yeah. It's just true. You know, if you got somebody who's not active, not working out, and they're sitting at a desk all day, they're going to get lethargic. Their brain is not at the top yeah. capacity. You know, they're not performing as well. There's, I mean, I'm, I think there's studies that prove that, you know, if somebody's Completely. healthier, they're, they're performing more at work, way more, and they could probably do more hours of actual pr- productive work as well. 
100%. Yeah, mm. if your um, food and your movement is mm. in place, your emotional health, your mental yeah. health, your yeah. energy levels are all different. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you, and you're also not trying to... I don't know. There's when you're committed, like when I think about how um, efficient I've been at places where fitness was part of your day. Yeah, you're probably doing only six hours of work. Yeah, I think I I talked to a friend. I think people actually in corporate America probably only do like four or five hours of work out of an eight hour day. I think when (laughs) I don't you've been in that. So I think people they do hour lunch. They probably scramble around social media and other bullshit throughout the day. So I think an actual work day for most people in corporate America, I always say five or six, like you were saying. It's not a, a lot. So I think. If you're working 70 hours, yeah. you're wasting a lot of time. <laughs> Unless you're your own, like you are an entre- entrepreneur. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you're an entrepreneur, work more. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. What's your aspect on like. I think with uh, corporate America, I think those who are successful perform like an entrepreneur who are in yes. a corporate setting. I think that's how they get ahead, you know, from yep. the cor- from the top CEOs that I know or top dogs in, in corporate America. They run or work as if they are an entrepreneur. And that's when, if you have that mindset, because mm-hmm. an entrepreneur's mindset is definitely a different beast, so to speak. Yes. I think that's a huge catalyst on success if you have that mind take ownership on whatever the hell you're doing you know whatever you're doing you're already doing it so be great at it so have that mindset you know that entrepreneur mindset of this is mine take ownership in it and then once you do that you're pro- you're going to see more success i know that for a fact completely yeah yeah. i, yeah. I don't think people realize how powerful they are which is kind of where powerful ladies came yeah, from powerful ladies yeah yes. yeah yeah um because I've always been the entrepreneur inside the corporate space. Yeah. Because I was never supposed to be in, in the, corporate space. Right. Yeah. I, my MBA is in entrepreneurship. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> and then I couldn't get a loan because I'm like 22 and no yeah. collateral. So I'm like, fine, I'll go work for people who make me travel around the world. That'll right. be fine. Shucks. Well, so, right? It sucks. We'll make things and we'll travel and it'll be fun. And yeah. it's still a useful place. Yeah. Um, and there's still so much dumb stuff that happened. Like just the number of meetings people have like the, the excess of meetings and emails that no one ever needs yeah excessive yeah and uh, there's corporate america has a meeting for a meeting like uh, let's have a one-hour meeting before the meeting yeah yeah that, that, that's serious too by the way yes. yeah and there are ways <coughs> to have very effective meetings which yeah. i'm sure from your military background yeah. you know like you show up you delegate it's done who's doing this all right and then out it's five minutes. That's why they started yeah, yeah. doing the stand-up 10-minute meetings. If yeah. no one can oh, that's down, awesome, dude. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. I believe in the 15-minute meetings. Some mm-hmm. people get offended or like, hey, I want to set a meeting with you. I'm go, hey, I got a 15, 20-minute block. And they're like, is that enough time? I'm like, it's more than enough time. You know, yeah. the I, it's funny. I didn't even know you did that. But yeah, I think a 15, 20-minute meeting is efficient enough uh, to get in that. My time is super valuable. And yes. so, and I think other people's time is super valuable as well. So it's like, a lot of things, if you're focused and you're prepared, 15, 20 minutes is enough time for a meeting. Yeah. Well, what are you doing in it otherwise? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. then also about homework and everything else you've got going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, Um, When you look at your journey, like you went from playing sports yeah. and then military. Yeah. How did you end up in the military? How did you choose that path? And mm-hmm. how has it changed your life as a result? Yeah. Um. That's a great question. So uh, I was active with sports all the way through high school. Um, I 
matter of fact, I do know the time. It was uh, sophomore, end of sophomore year in high school. Um, <clears throat> I was still kind of getting in trouble in high school, you know, still mm -hmm. doing dumb shit. And um, a program came to our school called Junior ROTC. Mm-hmm. And I remember my sergeant gunnery at the time walking through the hallways. And it's funny, we had a, you guys never pep rallies, right? I think they still have those for kids. Yeah, they, have, yes. they, have, they still do that? I'm good, good. Uh, we had a pep rally and they told us about this program. I, I probably wasn't paying attention, but they're like, hey, we're going to have this new program it's called Junior ROTC coming in, blah, blah, blah. Well, I think that pep rally was like on a Friday and then Monday, boom. I remember watching this uh, uh, gunnery sergeant walk through the hallways in his uniform. Mm -hmm. This gentleman was dialed in, sharp. To me, he presumed what a, a man or individual should look like and carry himself. Now, remember, I didn't have that male figure in my life. <clears throat> and I was just kind of, I was probably actually looking for it and didn't know it. When I saw him, I was like, whatever he's doing, I want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. That was my mindset. So I signed up. And... um I excelled through that program just because it was so much structure and discipline, mm -hmm. and I needed more of it. Even though I was in sports, sports is a different type of discipline than than than, uh, than military kind of structure. Yeah, um, and so I just fell in love with the whole process, and um, I got really close to the sergeant gunnery, and um, he kind of took me under his wing, um, and he mentored me towards success and kind of grooming me. And I think the end of my junior year, going into senior year, I had already made the choice that, yeah, I think I want to do this. Mm -hmm. It was definitely against my mother's wishes. I am her youngest. Um, and at that time, enlisting would be considered dangerous uh, because we're at war. I mean, this is the thing about the United States of America, uh, the U.S. We're always at war. It's just whether or not it's being publicized or like yeah. shouted out on, you know, the news. Mm -hmm. We're always at word. It doesn't, it just matters the scale, right? It's the scaling process. Like, oh, this is a big war. Mm -hmm. I was, I was thinking about enlisting during the Iraq kind of building of Iraq. Uh, but that's been going on for decades. Mm -hmm. And so it was a no-go for my mom, but there's always, there's ways around that, you know? Shocking that you were looking for ways to do it anyway. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> He's still going to do something that's mischievous. Um, but uh, I, I did wind up signing up. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was the best decision of my life. Um, it's a huge part of who I am now, my character, my drive, my discipline, my focus, my mindset. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, um, doing that was definitely something that helped form and shape who I am now. And um it's helped me just kind of, you know, my path to success and everything I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, while I was in there, uh, I did get hurt, um, which uh, wasn't ideal. Um, it was scary. Uh, I was probably 20. I wasn't 21. I know that because I was stateside when I was 21. Um, I got hurt. And it was to my left arm and I'm left-handed. And I think when it happened, it kind of, it def it was scary and almost just like one of those things. Uh, I got hurt to the point where I'm left-handed. So I'd, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to use my arm again, right? Because mm -hmm. um, are we allowed to get graphic on here? Yeah. Um, I took shrapnel in my arm and I'm showing the ladies here. You can't see it. But I took shrapnel in my arm and it opened on my arm and... It hit what's called the ulnar nerve in my arm. And 
when I got hit, there was I didn't feel it. Right? Mm-hmm. You get no feeling. The ulnar nerve is the main nerve that goes from your pinky all the way up to your shoulder. So I didn't actually know I was hit or bleeding out. But uh, my brother behind me tapped me and said, yo, brown, brown. I tap my, he taps my arm. I tap my arm. I look at my arm. I fold it up like that. And like a movie, when I flipped it up, uh, uh, upside, blood just squirted out, right? And I literally, I didn't panic, but I, I think the first thing in my head was like, a, I didn't feel it, so I was like, that's not my blood. I was like, mm-hmm. where's it come from? And I, when you see it coming from your heart, okay, that's my, that's my blood. That's me. That's me. I'm bleeding. And so many things go through your head so quickly. Human nature is, are you going to die? Yeah. Am I going to bleed out? Am I going to be okay? Are they going to, I think the second or like third or fourth, are they going to amputate my heart? All these things are going to go on my head. Right. I'm like, oh shit, this is real. I'm hurt. Um, And then maybe fast tracking forward, uh, the scariest thing I think was when the, the 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 med team came over and they started poking at my hand and I couldn't feel it. I remember that feeling when you have somebody, I remember he uh, took a, an instrument and he was poking at my pinky and my index finger and my ring finger and I couldn't feel it. He poked on my palm and I couldn't feel it. And he looks at me He and I remember the confidence in his eyes. He said, you're going to be okay. Even though there's probably 50-50, I was like, 50 per chance, I'm, or 50 kind of, I didn't believe in 50%. I was like, all right, if he's telling me I'm going to be okay, I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Or that's what he's supposed to tell me. <laughs> Moving forward, um, of course, as you see me in front of you, uh, my arm is fine. Um, I wind up having a eight-hour surgery and probably a four- to five-month recovery time on uh, rehab with my arm. Mm-hmm. And what's funny about that on what I do now, right, because at one point I thought I was going to lose my arm. Um, and then I was blessed with the fact that I had a great surgeon and I want to give him a shout out, Dr. Handler. And his name is funny because he's a hand surgeon whose name is Dr. Handler. That shit's funny to me. That brings me so um, much joy. What's that? Names like that when it's all aligned with your profession. Yeah. I mean, me happy. it just is crazy. Mm-hmm. He, um, he was so confident. I remember when I talked to him. He had done so many surgeries, say so many things. Mm-hmm. His is, you remember how we talked about ego and confidence? His was self-confidence and ego. He goes, I'm going to get you back to normal. Everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go in and I'm going to do this, this, and this. And you're going to be all set. Just what he so. said, your hard road recovery is going to be the the rehab. Mm-hmm. Fuck, he was not lying. Um, the rehab on... Um, I had to learn how to, first of all, I had to learn how to use my right hand to do everything. I'm talking like wiping my ass, brushing my teeth, feeding myself, everything with my right hand. Cool thing about that now, I can do everything with both hands. It's fucking awesome. Uh Um, But the rehab was strenuous. You're literally, you're like an infant trying to learn how to use your arm again. And I'm talking uh, all the way from like picking up a piece of paper and this in my hand right now, mm-hmm. I had to learn how to pick up a piece of paper from the table with my fingers. It's like, it's like mind boggling. Like, holy shit, I can't pick up a piece of paper from the table with it. So that, that was scary. It was trying. I, I remember so many times getting frustrated, right? Just being mm-hmm. angry, like pissed off, like that I couldn't use my arm. But now I sit here in front of you, uh, you know, 16 years in the fitness industry, uh, a master trainer, in damn good shape of my may say most so myself. Um, 
And, you know, is this a blessing to, to go from that to now being one of my businesses being fitness? And mm-hmm. I, you know, my, my left arm is actually stronger, even though it's my dominant arm, it's stronger than what it was before the accident because of all the, mm-hmm. the, the rehab and the strengthening and conditioning that I did with it, that I'm now in this privileged position to do all these amazing things with my body, especially yeah. with my arm slash left arm. So, um... I rambled on. Uh, where were we talking about? <laughs> I know I rambled the, the for a second. The impact that the military the impact. had. Yeah, yeah. You. So that was the impact. It, it set up for success on just who I am. And I think, you know, after I did that, um, a big part of wanting to please my mother and also wanting to to do it for myself is uh, once I was able to get up and moving was to uh, educate myself. So that's one Went to uh, University of Cincinnati, UC. Actually, my first school was uh, Ohio State that I uh, quickly got on academic probation and then went home back to Cincinnati. And that's when I went to mm-hmm. uh, University of Cincinnati. But that's uh, where I attended. And I wanted to do that, like I said, for my mom because she values the education so much. And then mm-hmm. for myself, too, because, you know, education, if we're going into that subject, I'm not even sure how much time we have. Um, college isn't for everybody. For some it is, some it isn't. Uh, I really never thought it was for me uh, just because what, you know, some colleges are teaching you to me is like, okay, we let's focus on other things that are actually viable, like in life. Useful. Useful. Yeah. My goodness. Like <laughs> the shit they teach you in college, you're like, I don't even use that shit. Like, you know, the math requirements or some math is required and, and useful, but like some of the subject lines. You know, like half these kids get out of college, they can't balance a checkbook or they don't mm-hmm. know how to, you know, pay bills or just invest. They don't know how to do. That's the shit that is like, how about we teach that? Because it's real life shit that mm-hmm. they're going to face mm-hmm. instead of some of the requirements in college that unless it's you're actually like your path, like you're going to be a mathematician or whatever, or engineer, you know, focus on different things. So I got my education. Um, and then to fo- to, uh, to fast track from there, um I graduated, uh, wow, what was that? 2006, 2007? Yeah, 2006-2007. And I remember telling my family and friends, I'm out of here. <laughs> I want to get out of Ohio. Yeah. Um, the Midwest is the Midwest, um, but I wanted bigger and better things for myself. I saw the world, you mm-hmm. know, I saw different states, different countries, and I wanted to come to California because California is this badass. And there you can there's more probability for success here. And, and that's what I did. I came out here and, uh, I came out here with, I remember I came out here with $2,300 to my name when I came out here and I, I landed in Costa Mesa and, um, it was scary, but I did it. Um, and that's kind of how the military kind of helped form where I'm at now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. 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 So when you look at showing up here with $2,300 ah, yeah. and where you're at now, mm. You know, there's a lot of people listening who are looking for like courage to take the leap to do their own thing or yeah. courage to start Scary. a side hustle. Yeah. You know, what obviously you've always been confident and you've always been someone who you know you can make things happen. Like yeah. you want something, you get it done. Not everyone has that innate confidence. Yeah. Um, so what like what are a few real life things that happen? Like it's not just like you showed up twenty three hundred dollars. Oh boom, I have my own fitness studio. Oh boom, like, no. I have all these clients. No, um, like what's some of the real stuff that happened to get you, at least maybe even your first mark of success? Because there's been so many since then. What helped me get there? 
Yeah. Like what's, what's an, like what was on the ground happening for you to hit your first marker of success from $2,300 so, and, and no apartment to. Yeah. So when I first came out here with that 2300 bucks, I had no job. I kind of came out here in a well, I probably, I don't suggest doing that. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't do that. Have a game plan. I just kind of was on a whim. I'm like, I'm coming out here. But I, I, I started working for corporate America, mm-hmm. so, sort of how you said, you know, you, you yep. got to get a job. Mm-hmm. So I started actually working uh, corporate America. I think I got involved with Ghost Gem and 24 Hours, uh, 24 Hour Fitness. And um, I kind of built my clientele base from then. But mm-hmm. I already knew in my back of my mind that I wanted to be, I, I was already an entrepreneur. So yeah. when I came to California, I knew I had to kind of restructure something or restructure things. So I kind of went back into corporate America to kind of build my pipeline, so to speak. Um, So I did that for a little bit, probably for two or three years, Mm -hmm. excelled in corporate America there, kind of the game, the mindset was to, okay, how do I get back on track on being my own boss and doing my own thing? Um, To anybody listening and yourself or whoever, I would suggest if you have uh, an inclination of wanting to be an entrepreneur and your own boss, do it. You know, take your time, have some strategies, have a game plan. It's possible. Uh, and don't be scared. I, it is scary taking that leap and getting out of the uh, safe zone of corporate America, right? Because that's mm-hmm. why most people stay in it. It's a, it's a paycheck guaranteed. Right. As an entrepreneur, nothing is guaranteed. And mm-hmm. even when you're successful, it's still not guaranteed. Yeah. And corporate America, for the most part, unless you get laid off or something drastic happens, is safe. You know, you get a check every two weeks or every four weeks, like clockwork, and it's the same every every two weeks or every four weeks, right? But, you know, any risk worth having is going to be a little scary, right? Any, mm-hmm. any, re, it, it, but it'll always have reward. Any reward always has a risk, so to speak. So I tell people, you know, if you're thinking about it, do it. Uh, if it's scary, that means it's probably worth it mm-hmm. for the most part. Just be, uh, be tactical, be smart, be patient. That's one thing. Most people, none of us, you know, uh, patience is something that all adults need to work, need to work on. So <laughs> be patient and just, uh, Believe in yourself and take that leap if you're if you're that's what you're really if your mindset is like you've been thinking about, hey, I want to do this, uh, go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Absolutely. Who are the they don't need to be female, but who are the people yeah. that have inspired you on your path as an entrepreneur? Oh, so many. Yeah. Uh I mean the top of my my the chain would be a gentleman named John Bisnar. Mm-hmm. He owns a law firm. Um, it's still, he still has the law firm, but he's actually kind of retired now, but Mm -hmm. he was definitely a a mentor of mine, uh, just because, uh, he kind of, he was a client, uh, no longer a client now. He kind of, he moved out of state. He retired in Hawaii. Good for you, John. Um, but he kind of just took me almost like as a, um, he had two girls, didn't have a boy. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think he kind of took me like uh, almost like a son and yeah. kind of groomed me and gave me advice. And a lot of his advice was like head on. Now, some of the advice I probably resisted a little bit, yeah. you know, as, <laughs> you know, you don't want to take care. Sometimes you're not too uh, uh, susceptible to taking advice, but I would take his for the most part and mm-hmm. it would be rewarding for me. I mean, this man gave me ideas, even to this day, my logo that I use for my gym. Mm-hmm. He actually, that's his idea, my logo that I use to this day. And it actually changed, the, just the logo that he suggested changed the image of my gym. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's just small stuff like that that twerks. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's super successful yeah. uh, uh, businessman um, in, his, in his practice. Uh, he... I think eventually had like three or four offices, sold it for millions, uh, retired now, 
Um, but was this so insightful on the knowledge he gave me and advice? Mm-hmm. He's definitely one. Uh, you actually know one of them, Ted Lee. Yeah. Um, I've known him for 15, 16 years now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ted Lee. Uh, I've literally had the privilege of watching him grow in those years, uh, just all the way from starting at Oakley. Uh, uh, he was a top executive at Oakley uh, to then moving to Quicksilver, D.C., and uh, now he's on the new adventures as well. Um, he's all, he's been a, a super big mentor uh, for me and a person I look up to uh, because he's a family man. Yeah. Um, he's big on family and his kids and his wife. And just seeing that success, again, I didn't have that, you know? So seeing somebody kind of doing what you picture yourself wanting to do yeah. is awesome. Because you're like, you know what? That's what it looks like. That's what it feels like. It's awesome. I want that. I can achieve it. And so those are probably the top two that can that pop to my head. There's others, of course, but those are my top two that probably stand out the most to me when it comes mm-hmm. to like other individuals. So of course, maintaining your own health and fitness is mm. kind of required for what yeah, you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walking billboard. Right? Yeah, yeah. So um, and then you also you have three businesses right now. Yeah. What do you do to make sure that you're at the top of your game as a businessman and entrepreneur that's, mm. you know, beyond making sure that you are in the best shape possible? Like, where where does it fit into your world of, like, learning and mentorship? And I know that you're competitive in all those areas. Mm. So what are you putting in place to make sure that um, you are more than fitness? Because it takes more to be an entrepreneur than that. Yeah, Uh I would think that I always try to work on my Mm self-development is the biggest thing. Um, It's funny. I had a client who, again, he's been with me total probably 14 years, but he stopped and moved away and then came back. He was able to see the DB, you know, 13, 14 years ago to the DB now. Yeah. And he says, my goodness, have you grown? Mm -hmm. Even to the fact sitting in front of you. Yeah. You've been able to see, hopefully you've seen growth. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes. It's Inner growth, self-growth is what mm-hmm. I'm working on. Um, I, it, I think it's funny as you get older, I think you're supposed to become a better version of yourself and you're supposed to want to grow and be and, and, and just better yourself as an individual. And that's mm-hmm. what I try to work on because mm-hmm. I believe once you do that, everything else will become easier and kind of fall into place. So every day I'm trying to make sure I treat others better than maybe I did a week ago. Yeah. Four months ago, a year ago, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to better my mindset uh, with positivity. Mm-hmm. You know, we all got our our shit going on in life as adult, uh, and I don't want to try to pr- paint the perfect picture of you know, oh, you own three businesses, think things are great. No, I, I live a lifestyle just like everybody else. I got bills and 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 stress and other shit that goes on in life. So, I I think I work on every day on just trying to better myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Mindset is what I'm strong on. I think that's a huge part of my success and my driving force is making sure that my mind is right. Mm -hmm. And I know that might not sound like a lot and sound simplistic, but mindset, just waking up. Soon as our alarm goes off, I, I try to make sure that I go, boom. Clockwork, mindset, positive, go after whatever it is that you're set for today. Mm -hmm. Um, So every day, especially now that I have a little boy, is just trying to be a better DB, a better me, a better individual, a better man. That's really what it comes down to now. 
What are the specific things you do when you wake up to get into that mindset? Like, are you writing like the three things you're going to do that day or three words? Yeah. So I'm old school. I do a to-do list. Yeah. A lot of people go, hey, you know, you can do a to-do list on your phone. I I do a pad. Mm Mm-hmm. Every day I have a to-do list. You're on my to-do list today. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I do a to-do list every day. Mm-hmm. I'm huge on whether it's on your phone, a, wa- a, chalk- a whiteboard, easy erase bar, whatever you want to call it. I am a, uh, a advocate of visualization, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some people can do it in their head, like Oprah, right? She does a whiteboard in her head, but Oprah is on a different level that we all are striving for, yeah, right? Yeah, she's on a she, 12, so she gets- she, Yeah, mm-hmm. she does a, a to-do list whiteboard in her head. Kudos to her. Tony Robbins is the same thing. I strive to get there, but I do a traditional on paper, writing it down, my mm-hmm. to-do list on what I'm doing every day. So when I wake up, the alarm goes off. I do have a very, I'm huge on structure and routine. I think once you have routine and structure in place, it just makes everything else easier and everything else falls into place. Some people don't. Some people rush when they wake up. They go, they're just like scrambling in the mornings or mm-hmm. getting their day going. I think that's the worst way to start your day because you're setting the precedent for your day. Yes. If you wake up in a rush with chaos, like with chaos, you're shaping the structure of your day. The rest of your day is going to look like that. You're going to feel like that. So when I wake up, I, I typically wake up about an hour, hour and 15 minutes before I even have to be somewhere. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of, I wake up, uh, I, I, alarm goes off. I have a routine. Alarm goes off. Start to shower. I either shave for that day or I don't. I get out of the shower. Um, I eat oatmeal every single day for the last 20 years I have oatmeal every morning. That's my routine. I'm not saying you have to do it, um, <laughs> but it will help. Um, and then from there, I uh, I watch news, whether it's on my phone or TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the dogs. I'm just very routine and structured, right? Yeah. I just it's my comf- it's my comfy spot. It allows me to get set for my day. I'll, mm-hmm. I'm a um, I'm an advocate and believer in getting prepared for your day, for you can have a productive day and a good day because uh, you deserve to have a good day every day. So. Um, I think um, I think planning for your day, like I said, in a to do list and mm-hmm. knowing what you're doing for the day. Yeah, you know, e- whether even if it's your oh, I, I know I'm doing the same corporate nine to five. I'm doing still plan for it. You know, yeah. still plan for what you're doing different than what you did yesterday because every day is different. Well, I hear three important things in that. Mm. I hear that you take time to set yourself up, or you're in charge mm. of your day. Yeah, um, before you let um, your space and your world be in charge yeah. of your day. I hear, um, you know, Jocko and discipline equals freedom. Yeah. And like what that puts puts into place for people. Yeah. I think that. Discipline. I like that. Yeah. I think a lot of people put a negative image on discipline, but I love that you tied it in with discipline equals freedom because Mm -hmm. it really does. With discipline, you'll, it'll, it'll take sacrifice with discipline, but Mm -hmm. eventually what you just said, it will give you freedom in the long run. Yeah. Mm. Have you read that book yet? Yes. Okay, good. I was like, it's so good. And I, I anyone that hasn't read it, I yeah. recommend listening to the audio because you get to hear Jocko's voice, yeah, which yeah. is like, if you think of a Navy SEAL, like yeah, he's yeah. the prototypical Navy yeah. SEAL from yeah. start to finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other thing I hear is, um, ties back to one of my other like favorite books is um, The One Thing. And how they say like your your brain is at its best at the beginning of the day. Mm. And the first thing that, you know, before 10 o'clock, you should do the things that matter to you to make your future better. Mm. And what I hear is you you get up, you take your time, you have a healthy breakfast, you're working out. Like yeah. before 10 o'clock, you've done everything that you need to take care of to make sure that your tomorrow is yeah. set up to be great. Yeah. And then after that, you can take care of everyone else's stuff. Yeah. But um, I really agree with you about how... 
We feel so often that we're like waiting for something to happen to have our life be great. Like if I had this, if I did that, like, you know, people think if we have something, then we get to do something, then we get to be something. And the true power is in flipping that. Be someone and then take those actions and do it and then you're going to have it. Mm. And I wish more people understood that starting with who you're being will, will give it to you versus waiting for it to show up. Like yeah. it will never show up if you don't change who you're being and what you're putting into place and being responsible for if you want to be the hero of your own story, you mm. got to start acting like what a hero yeah, does. act like a hero. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Kind of yeah. like your um, be a ten, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. be a ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Have the mindset of a ten, and you'll you'll manifest that. Yeah, yeah. manifestation. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. So we yeah. ask everyone on the podcast where they put themselves on the powerful lady scale. Zero is average everyday human, and ten is like super powerful lady or gentleman in this yeah. case. Where first you, gentleman, by the way, don't forget. First gentleman. <laughs> where do you put yourself today and where do you put yourself on average on that scale? On today and then in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 10 across the board, please. Judges, 10, 10, 10. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I thought that might be the answer, but I wanted to make sure we recorded it for posterity. Absolutely. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Did you get that? Did you get the 10? Okay. All right. Yes. Um, and then what are you excited about for this year and like what you're up to next and mm. how can people support yeah. you and be a contribution to you? Oh, okay. Wow. My, my vision for 2020, I think is, is probably the biggest has ever been, mm-hmm. uh, a, I'm a father now, uh, uh, a husband, um, an entrepreneur, a business owner, uh, a boss, all these things. But 2020's vision is large because I want to do so many great things within all my businesses. And, you know, I think my first focus is being a better version of myself, a better man, and then being an awesome ass dad. Yeah. That's the, you know what I mean? I didn't have that. And I had it for uh, like eight years in which, which I remember what, four or five of those. Cause mm-hmm. you know, right. So I want to make sure that I concentrate on giving my little guy what I didn't have. So that's mm-hmm. going to be a huge part of who I am and, yeah. and just from now moving forward. So 2020, my first focus will be on being a dad. Mm-hmm. And then uh, from there, just doing, take actually taking more risk in business. I'm pretty mm-hmm. safe when it comes to the the calculations and moves I make in business. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll probably take a little more risk and try some different things within the businesses that I have now, yeah. just because I want to see some different growth mm-hmm. than what I've done. So there's some, some riskier maneuvers I'm making, but uh, I know they'll be rewarding. And um, I believe in every move I make, and I know that the outcome will be where I want it to be. Very cool. Yeah. And if people are listening, they're like, okay, I love DB. I want to work with him. I want to, you know, one of these businesses, I think we have an opportunity. Uh, yeah. So obviously people can um, can go online and they can become clients from a personal training perspective. Yeah. Um, but you have other ways that people can get to work with you on a digital or physical space. Yeah. So, I mean, I do personal one-on-one training. I do mm-hmm. boot camps. Those are all important, but I do online training as well. That's mm-hmm. a, a great, uh, outlet for a lot of people who a, are, aren't near me or the, uh, price point is better to do online training. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, they're both effective. Um, I mean, what it comes down to truthfully is how much you're putting into it. It, it doesn't matter if it's in person with me or online. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be in, in person training. If you're not doing what I need you to do, you're not going to see results. Yeah. Um, so it's all about how much commitment you put into it. So, yeah, you can reach out to me in person, uh, online, uh, all the platforms, uh, mm-hmm. social media like Instagram, Facebook on there. It's pretty easy to find DB Fitness. Um 
And then my other businesses, uh, the other one is called XQ Promo Agency. Um, again, easy to find on social media. Uh, we represent over 33 brands um, like White Claw, Heineken, Sapporo, Coors, you name it. Um, that's a really cool business. Um, and then the third one is Reliant Capital Group. That's the one. It's a money business. Mm-hmm. It's equipment financing. So basically, uh, uh, some people call it a hard money lender. But basically, we sell money for uh, for organization businesses that are looking for, uh, particularly doctors. We work with a lot of doctors if they're trying to buy like equipment that's like fifty thousand dollars or hundred fifty. They typically finance, and that's where we come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, those are the outlets. If you want to support, uh, please reach out. Uh, but yeah, those are my three babies right now that I'm nursing that I'm super excited about that I put in effort every single day, mm-hmm. seven days a week. Uh, when you're an entrepreneur, there's no off switch. There's no such thing. Yeah. I work every day, every night. So I just, it's funny today's Sunday. I worked last night, mm-hmm. um, till 1030 on my laptop, uh, just because our promo business, uh, it's, it's weather related. It's warm now. So we're super busy coming up. Uh, we've been busy in February, super busy in March. So I worked last night, you mm-hmm. know, a lot of people were probably out partying, doing their thing on a Saturday, whatever movies I was at home working. Uh, and that's the life of an entrepreneur that you work when you need to, not mm-hmm. when you want to. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I want to say thank you so much for coming oh, on. No, thank you so much. Yeah. This is great. It was awesome. I'm glad. Um, and I love that you're an example of, you know, someone who's out curating your life, wanting to make an impact, wanting to pay it forward. And um, I'm glad that we get to prove that not just ladies are doing that too. Yeah, no, thank you for having <laughs> me. I'm excited. I'm the first guy on here. I'm setting the, uh, setting the uh, what do you want to say? Setting the bar. Yes, you are. No <laughs> like pressure, it. future gentlemen. No pressure, gentlemen. gentlemen. <laughs> Show them what you got. Ladies, also setting the bar. Now, this is awesome. Thank you so much for having me. How great is DB? His energy, his perseverance, his commitment to making his life happen his way, as much as he can control, and getting better every day are all examples that I've encouraged all of us, including myself in this, to follow. Be up to something you love. Design your life for your way. Have the confidence that you can do it and keep moving forward. And I'm pretty sure since all of you guys just met him on this podcast, you can foresee what a personality he is in real life. And if you agree, you can also encourage him to make his own show like we did. To support Connect, follow DB and tell him he should have his own podcast. You can email him at db at dbfitnessoc.com and visit his website, dbfitnessoc.com. And of course, to see all the videos he was talking about that he posts all day, You can follow him on Instagram at db underscore fitness. I hope you've enjoyed this new episode of the Powerful Ladies podcast. If you're a yes to Powerful Ladies and want to support us, you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Make sure to give us a five-star rating and leave a powerful review on Apple Podcasts. You can also be one of our Patreons for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com forward slash Powerful Ladies where you can get access to exclusive content that we're making just for you. Follow us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page. And of course, visit our website, thepowerfulladies.com for all the latest news, details, and updates. I'd like to thank our producer and audio engineer, Jordan Duffy. Without her, this wouldn't be possible. You can follow her on Instagram at Jordan K. Duffy. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then... I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.
This episode of The Powerful Ladies is made possible by our Patreon subscribers. Did you know that for as little as $1 a month, you can support this podcast? You can send us love, tell us that you want more. You can support all of our events and all that we're doing in the world to fulfill on our full circle of empowerment. It starts at $1 a month. That's less than the coffee you're drinking a day. And there's so many more levels that give you more bonuses and fun things and behind the scenes information. So go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash powerful ladies and support us today. Thank you in advance. <laughs>